I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. You're in the dark. What's going on there? (laughs) I've always been in the dark. This is just a reflection (laughs) of my true self. That's all. I decided to live out what I think. Yeah, but you're still looking good in the dark, and we are the CRM players. You know how it is. You look better in the dark. You just because <laughs> you're in the yeah. dark. <laughs> you know, there's a Prince song. Yeah, uh, uh, you got the look. Yeah, of course. Ugly lights. Yeah. <laughs> you know the whole thing about the light. You look great in the dark, but after the club ends and the lights come on, he called them the ugly lights Ooh. because that's where you could actually see what who you were dancing with. Yeah, not that. No, anyway, no, you're gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, no, right there. Oh boy, what I, I, I it's always good to start a senior and players with a Prince reference with the uh, with your, or me. So I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. So, okay, well that's that's it then. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks waiting, Don. We'll see you in a while. <laughs> but actually, this is a special. CRM players, we, we're calling this the CRM players Pega World edition because we're going to be uh, talking a lot about what's going to happen at Pega World, maybe getting some inside scoop because we do have the MC of the event getting ready to join us right now. So that's right. A, a the man is a not only a great MC and a absolutely top flight stand up comedian, but he happens to be the CTO of pega systems too that's kind of a hard combination to pull off comedian and chief technology officer they they kind of feel diametrically opposed to each other but he can actually pull it off yeah he does i have to give him credit for that one man somehow he so does. so why don't we just bring him on instead of just talking about him you know yeah and probably sure he is too. <laughs> Hey guys, you, you aren't going to play me on with a little red Corvette or something like that. Oh man, we could. If we'd have only known, we would have yeah. done that. <laughs> Believe me, give give Brent advance notice, it would have been. <laughs> yeah, but this is hello, it's Don Sherman, who is comedian in chief technology officer. <laughs> Actually, he's just the chief technology officer for Pego. Yeah, comedian is his other calling. But hey, we're really glad to have you here. It's great. It's always great to talk to you guys. Well, this is like your what third or fourth show already. You wanted you literally. You know how on SNL they have the bracket for five times. Yeah, you're heading there. You might be the first. My, my, my goal is to be the Paul Simon of the CRM players. Uh, yeah. No, well, actually, no, no. You would actually for that one. If you want to be the jacket one, you want to be um, who is it? Is it Alec Baldwin? Is the Alec Baldwin? Steve Martin. And um, what's his what name? About Tom Hanks. Didn't Tom he? Hanks. Tom Hanks. That's right. And it's one uh, John Goodman too. Yep. Those are the wow. ones. That's who you aspire to. You aspire yeah, to John Goodman. But, no, but none of those guys can play the guitar. Like just rip it down and tell a joke while playing the guitar. Right. And have a spouse who runs an improv studio besides, which is like so amazing. Matter of fact, Don, why don't you just step out of the way and we'll bring your wife on and we'll yeah, just we'll bring we'll bring we'll bring Lisa in here. She she right. she can talk. She's she actually with all of the the COVID stuff, they unfortunately had to cancel. She runs a big comedy festival called the Women in Comedy Festival, uh, which usually it was last was supposed to be last week. Brings about six hundred comedians to the Boston area, and uh, we didn't get we didn't get to do it this year. So they're they're still running an online film competition and some other aspects, but you know uh, you know the world world through a lot of uh, things that we were planning on doing kind of up in the air. Before we get on to the like business at hand, so what's the what's the URL for that? 
It's uh, womeningcomedyfestival.com, I believe, or WICF.com. Let me double check and make sure I give you guys the right one. All right, because I, I know that off. I should know that off my. I should know that off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, WICF.com. Okay, I was gonna say, you're, man, you don't need to know that off the top of your head. You don't. You just don't, because we're stupid about that, right? But I honestly, I love that, and I'm gonna be literally watching the competition. Thank you for that one. That's no really problem. cool. So, uh, what year is this in terms of Pega World? How many years has Pega World been going on? Oh, I mean, that we we've got to actually, to be honest, into twenty plus. I mean, wow. we've been doing we've been doing Pega World events going all the way back to you know the, the company was founded in nineteen eighty three, and you know I'd have to check the record, but I think we started doing our first customer events that we branded around this idea of Pega World, uh, either in the late eighties or early nineties. So. This is this has been a while. This is this is our first all virtual one, which you know I think is a first for most of us. But um, but this is certainly uh, certainly an event we've been running for a long time. Well, you know, one thing I've noticed at Pega World and is that you've consistently evolved your corporate narrative, which comes in first thing, you know, live at least on the stage. And so you went from a BPM company to an engagement platform company. Uh, and you've done it without literally losing, a, it was like a seamless transition year over year. It's like BPM to CRM-ish, to CRM, to customer experience, to customer engagement. And your conference every single year has reflected that evolution pretty much perfectly. So this year kind of what's, I'll call it the broad theme or the specific theme, depending on how you see it. And then how are you going to do that virtually? Because that that's not as simple, actually, as it might seem. Yeah. So so I think, you know, one of the broad themes that we're going to be talking about is in this world of customer engagement and in this world of continually trying to drive, frankly, squeezing efficiency out of the operation, which I think lots of companies right now, especially are under pressure to do, we're going to be talking a lot about the idea of building a business architecture of if you want to build this kind of platform, this customer engagement platform or digital platform that you're talking about, Paul, how do you get the business architecture of that right? Not just the technology, not just do I you know, have the right cloud services, et cetera, but how do I get the way that business and technology come together? My ex customer experience leads, my chief digital officers, my IT teams and the CIO, come together to construct a way of operating the business against technology that ensures I deliver great customer experience and actually ensures I've got the processes in place that pay off those customer experiences that fulfill those promises we make in the front end. I want to just jump in because this was going to be the first year the, the conference was going to be held in Boston for because it, it had been in Vegas for several years. Yeah. So this was actually going to be a big change anyway, moving the show from Vegas to Boston. Then you get the whole COVID-19 thing. And now you got to take it from Vegas to Boston to virtual. And yeah. Paul and I have discussed a number of times how we hope conferences don't just, you know, say, well, we'll just try to replicate what we were going to do live and, you know, put it on your know, virtual so talk a little bit about what you guys had to do differently to take it not from Vegas to Boston, but from Vegas to virtual. 
Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, we had a team who, as you say, were pretty active on what was a pretty heavy lift of taking a conference that was really running at one location in Vegas to a conference that was going to be distributed across the city of Boston. The infrastructure of Boston is very different from Vegas in terms of just being able to support something like this. Um, and that team just really pivoted immediately to thinking about how do we do this as a virtual event? And one of the first decisions that we made was we've got to basically strip the event back down to the beginning because, you know, when it's great to watch a, a CEO, a product leader give a 30, 45 minute keynote at a big event when you've got a 120 foot screen and lights and a loud DJ music and fog machine going and you stay really engaged. But the fact of the matter is watching that 45 minute keynote streaming from an empty conference room somewhere over uh, you know, Zoom or, or a web tool, it just isn't engaging, it just doesn't work. So as we rebuilt the event, we kept sort of three things in mind. First, it's gotta be compact. So the, the actual live portion of Pega World this year is two and a half hours. <laughs> that's wow. keynotes, that's, you know, breakouts, Q&A sessions, etc. We really compressed it down because I think in this virtual world, when people are sitting at their desktops and they've got lots of distractions from the kids that need help with their math homework to emails that are coming in, you know, from, from, from work, you, you've got to be, you've got to carve out and you've got to be impactful in a short period of time. So we wanted to make it compact. The second thing we want to do is it had to stay interactive. You can't, you know, you it can't just be a bunch of videos and people talking at you online. So we went back and looked at, okay, how do we get Alan into a live Q&A? So Alan Treffler, our founder and CEO, how right after he does his condensed keynote, do we put him into a live Q&A session where he's going to take live questions from people who are watching? How do we take one of the most popular sessions that we've had at Pega World, which is a vision and roadmap session where our product uh, leaders talk about where the product is going and turn that into a tech talk live where we sit down with Karim Akinal, our SVP of products, and again, allow people to put live questions in front of him so he's having a real time conversation. How do we do things like demos where you know any great technology conference there's always that expo, we call ours the innovation hub, where you can walk around and you can see demos, you can talk to product engineers. So we started looking at tools like Twitch, which um, is used by a lot of gamers for doing interactive live game playing. And we said, okay, how do we do Twitch style demos where a developer can be building something, but we can have people asking for things, wanting to see things, asking questions, so it stays interactive. So that was the second piece, like how do we keep it interactive? And then the third piece is, how do we make sure it lives on after the event? You know, how do we make sure that this content that we create, that the continuing set of engagement then becomes available for people? Because if we're gonna make it compact, there's gonna actually be more content available than people can actually fit in in that time. So how do we give them a way to then come back and continuously engage with our products, with our client stories, with some of the thought leadership insights that we're putting out there that lasts far beyond the actual live event that we did. What, uh, just curiously, because a lot of, I know, you know, we've seen a lot of experimentation around how to do virtual events, some of it, you know, abjectly failing and some of it beginning to succeed. And we're starting to see 
some, you know, I'll call it some maturity. It's not really maturity, but you know, some, some practices that are coming out and you've named pretty much the best ones of all of them, compact and interactive, right? Which are the two most important single things. Um, what platform are you actually using? Cause you know, you look at, I, I will tell you this. And if you're using this, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, but I think like blue jeans is a terrible platform for, um, events or, and Zoom's not really that good either, right? It doesn't really do the trick. And Teams isn't really an event platform. You know, it's collaboration. It does that well, but it's got a lot of limitations too. So what do you actually, what platform are you Yeah, using? so we partnered, we partnered with a vendor called Entrato. And they're actually, they, they basically do virtual exhibitions. That's really what they're based out of. Yeah. Um, and, and so we've been working with them. But we're also doing some pretty significant customizing to the platform because we want the platform to reflect our brand, our look and feel. Um, we want it to feel like a uniquely Pega event. We want you to, when you come in there, much like you were at the physical event, to be surrounded by the overall Pega experience. So the great thing about their platform is it allows that interactivity. It allows a lot of choose your own adventure. So we'll have some keynotes, but then we'll break out and say, okay, here's an hour where we've got these stations open where you can go watch some content or see a demo or chat with a product expert, do that. And then we're gonna come back into the keynote uh, section to kind of wrap up the event um, with that. So, so that platform, you know, Paul, you sent me actually a couple of really interesting articles about how this was maturing. And one of the other things that we really took to, to heart is when you go virtual, you're also shifting from theatrical, right? How do I run these as theater to cinematic? How do I make this look and feel like little movies, right? So, you know, how do we shoot keynotes in such a way that we have multiple camera angles, that we play with the fact that we're on video? You know, so so we're really, we, we want to make this feel completely different from anything else. And most importantly, we want the content to be really awesome. Right. We want to teach people, again, about how do you build a business architecture truly around the customer journey and extend that into your channels, extend that around your legacy systems, but really operate from the center around your customer journey, because I think that's where success is. And really talk to you know, the, 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 I think there is a real tension in digital transformation now that if you do it right, you can thread the needle on, which is, there are immediate things you need to do as an organization. You know, you need to keep your employees safe and healthy. You need to adjust to the fact that everybody is working from home. You need to respond to a flood of new customer requests, many of which are for services you didn't offer before. Or if you did, you offered in a relatively low volume, right? So there is an immediate response need that organizations have. But I also think this, this uh, you know, time period has opened people's eyes to the fact that you know digital transformation is real. Like I, I was talking with the, the CIO of uh, one of our, our large customers, a, 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 a media company. And he was saying, for years, I've been trying to teach my organization to operate in an agile way, to think agile, to fail fast. And overnight, the company just became agile because it had no choice, because we were all distributed, because we had immediate problems that we had to solve. So how do we take those learnings and turn it into 
truly pervasive transformation, building out the digital platforms and the best practices that are not only gonna respond to the immediate needs, the things we need to fix right now, but set organizations up to deliver better customer experiences, to be stronger organizations as we move into 2021 and even beyond. It sounds like you you literally learned uh, as you went from a physical conference to a virtual conference, all the things that will actually be able to be leveraged and used and taught to your customers from a, a digital uh, transformation standpoint after we get past COVID. It, it's really, a, I've never heard it described that way, Like, but you are basically, you made your conference no touch, <laughs> contactless, yeah. uh, but still finding a way to engage because that's what you had to do in this COVID experience. You had to figure out, well, how do we connect with the customer while not, you know, connecting with the customer, so to speak. And it sounds like as you went and transformed the conference, those same lessons that you learned in transforming the conference to virtual will apply after COVID. Oh, I mean, completely. We've been, you know, we run one of the things that we do with a lot of our clients is run design thinking sessions, right? And prior to to COVID, you know, those those were they were great, but they were hard to schedule. You needed to get everybody in a room. You need to block out time. You need to fly people to a place to make it happen. Well, now we use tools like Mural. We do it virtually, right? We do it instead of like a week, we do it in a day or two. We get the same great results. Our clients have the exact same aha moments. We can, you know, we went from the, with the Bavarian government, we went from a design thinking session to a live application that's automating all of their small business lending requests that they had to do, you know, in response to in response to COVID and the, the economic shifts. We got that live in five days from a completely distributed team because there was no other choice. Right. And and so, you know, I think when we go back, you know, we're going to take a lot of that going forward. Like, hey, I can do a design thinking session virtually. Hey, I can do a design thinking session in really well in a couple of days. I don't need to get everybody in a room for a week to make that happen. And I think that's going to make our business stronger and it's going to make our clients' business much more agile and much more effective. Well, T, uh, look, the interesting thing about your perspective in particular, look, I, I, Brent probably knows where I'm going to, where my rant's going to about to happen. But uh, so I've been on this literal rant. Uh, where I've said, look, everyone's throwing digital transformation around like it's happening on mass everywhere. And it's not, right? I mean, we're using a lot more digital tools. Right? We've gone from, a, I call it the digital, and this is not really actually appropriate, but the digital analog balance has shifted, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not really analog. That's not really the right term, but it's good enough metaphorical purposes. So, um, what and you know you're hearing everyone well it went from a marathon to digital transformation to a sprint to the finish line for, and i'm saying no it's not it's actually a sprint to the starting line not the finish line right right now to your exact point the let's say the positive the the proof of value uh of those design thinking sessions and the speed of which you've accomplished it and the, how you quickly went live makes people think okay well how do i if you're thinking the way hopefully you are, not thinking, oh, I've digitally transformed now. Uh, you're thinking, okay, how's this gonna impact my business model? How's this gonna impact my culture? 
how that's when you're starting to talk about it's a business transformation, not a digital tool use on mass, right? I mean, the thing is that I think that what's happened, and again, you're the first person I think we've spoken to on the vendor side, at least, who's actually said this without saying exactly this, that it's triggered actual the interest in and desire for, and I'm putting some words in your mouth here, for digital transformation, as opposed to being a full-blown digital transformation, right? In the meantime, you know, time to value is reduced. I mean, we're seeing all the things that you want to see, but then the question becomes the applicability, a- applicability generally to the business, the long-term value, the long-term changes that are necessary to get that kind of value, et cetera, et cetera. And that's when digital transformation actually occurs, but that's going to still take some time. So to me, what this is triggered is a, sp- a sprint to the starting line, which is great. I, 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 think it's, I think it's a great way of putting it, Paul. And I think that you know what organizations have realized, or at least what we're hearing is, so you know, I, 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 I'm always, I, I'm always a little hesitant when I hear people say things like, "Well, we, we, we began our digital transformation project, and we have a plan to, you know, be through that by 2023 or 2024." And to which my response is, "No, no, no. Digital transformation is about accepting the fact that we now live in a world of constant disruptive change." And how do you build an organization and architecture technology skills to constantly rethink and reinvent yourself? There is no end, right? There is just like constant, constant change. And I think, I think I've seen at least a realization in talking to a lot of clients that like, you know, the people who are looking at this are realizing that, you know, this, this circumstance we're in right now, it doesn't have a clear end. And it's not going to, you know, it's not going to all of a sudden we go back to normal, right? I think there it's going to drive changes. And I think we're seeing that there's probably going to be other events like this on the horizon. And how do I build a business? And how do I build an architecture that is capable of responding to that on a continuous basis? Yeah. And that to me is what, you know, digital transformation is about. And I'm seeing real light bulbs go off around that and and as you said that sprint to the starting line a real urgency of man we've got to get this business architecture right so that when we come out of this we're ready for whatever the next thing is right and and again understand the changes going to make to your culture and to your business models and pretty much how you run everything you do right it's just going to happen It, it needs to happen my fear is always just simply that people are gonna say, okay, well, we've like to your point, you know, well, we've already done that. And the vast, vast there's probably a few businesses that can legitimately make the claim that they've understood exactly the way you put it. This is ongoing and it's gonna be continuous, and we have to be able to handle that, and we have to have the architecture and blah blah blah. But that number is probably, you know, there's probably less than this handful has, for, right? Right. So you know, I, I, so I, I, the perspective is great. So let me ask you this though. I mean, so you got Pega World coming up. Obviously, this is very much the focus and theme of Pega World is how to handle this world of future, you know, continuous disruption, positive and negative change. Um, but you're also condensing it to two and a half hours of primary events. Yeah. Right? Uh, what about the tracks? What about the partners? What about, all uh, you know your your uh, partners. What about all the other pieces that 
let's say ordinarily go into a live event? Are you gonna? Yeah. Are you rethinking those? Are you yeah, we've been we've been we've been rethinking. Yeah, again, really kind of soup to nuts, right? So, so yeah, I mean, look, the the other thing that happens at a live event is we we get all these networking opportunities to sit down and get our executives, our client executives, our partner executives meeting, talking, collaborating, thinking about problems, and you're not going to do that obviously in a two and a half hour event. But the other thing that being virtual gives us is. We also don't have to do that all in two days anymore, right? right? We can now schedule out over the, the weeks these kinds of continuous discussions between you know, the leaders at our partner organizations who bring you know, a lot of deep understanding of their industries, of our clients, our clients themselves, our leadership and executive team. So we wanna make sure that we're using this still as an impetus to have those conversations, but it's not gonna be hey, you know, there's eight hours of conference room time booked at this event that you can go to. It's going to be, hey, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be working across our client base to drive and set up and have these discussions where we can take these themes that we do in the condensed event and then drive them and have that at, at a deeper level specific to the client, uh, the client situation, client circumstances. Are you going to keep the term Pegaworld? That's sort of the umbrella term for those kind of things, or are you just going to schedule those things? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I we, we, we've kind of taken an, and extended the brand of the event. We're calling it Pedal World Inspire. And that was that was a change that we made even prior to, to the switch to the virtual event. You know, I think we're connecting the 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 executive meetings and some of the things that we're doing, as well as some of the ongoing uh, uh, events that we think about it going on into the into the second half of the year. And I think one of the things that we're still kind of playing with, you know, frankly, as we as we work through this is, you know, how how much do we thread that brand through those events um, so that as we move into what will hopefully be an in-person event in 2021, you know, we keep that conversation alive because that, that's important to us. It's important to our clients and partners. Okay. Hey, uh, it's obvious that a lot of uh, innovative thinking went into you know, the virtual approach you're taking yeah. with, with this conference. But how much of, of that approach also went into some of the things that you've developed in response to the COVID uh, pandemic, like the PPP program, like the critical response? I, I have an opportunity to host uh, the Pega Response series, and I'm, I get yeah. a chance to talk to folks in the different industries, uh, Mark Andrews in finance, uh, uh, I just talked to Doug Averill in government. I talked to Kelly uh, uh, Bravo in uh, healthcare, and it seems like they're they're using kind of similar kind of approach to what you guys did to virtualizing the conference, to answering uh, the different challenges that are taking place in these uh, different industries. Why you can talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think I, I, I think you're right, Brandon. I think a lot of it is taking that same design thinking applied in a distributed way um, and taking it to particular industry situations. So, you know, I'm sure Kelly talked to you about the program that we did with one of the largest healthcare providers in, in the US where, where they came to us and actually said, hey, we think, you know, this problem of tracking our 200,000 employees and volunteers and keeping them safe and, and measuring where their potential exposure is you know, we think that your case management capabilities in your platform are a good, good use case for this. Can you help us do that? And how do we quickly stand up a virtual team that can bring the necessary stakeholders together 
and actually build something like that and get it live in 72 hours, which is, which is what we did. How do we quickly run some design thinking so that we deeply understand the problem, we understand the need of the customer on the other side of the problem, but we then very quickly get to building, testing, getting feedback on, and ultimately quickly delivering the first phase solution to that problem. Um, and then in some cases, we've been partnering with our clients not to do new things, but to use some of the things that they already have in place with PEGA to respond fast. So Commonwealth Bank of Australia um, uses PEGA for its one-to-one -one decisioning. So they're, they're doing you know, tens of millions of real-time AI-powered decisions across 18 different channels to engage their customers. And they were able, because they have that in a centralized brain, because they've got the business architecture right, and it's not embedded in 18 different channels that need to get manually updated, they were able to quickly deploy a change to be much more empathetic in their outreach to their customers. How do they make their, their outreach and their conversation not about what can we sell you, what can we sell you, but what do you need? How can we help? You know, how can we allow you at various times to, uh, if you need a deferral of a payment, how can we help make that happen, right? And so that was because they had the business architecture, right? Because they didn't have all of this logic embedded in their channels, but it was actually operating from the center with this sort of customer focused brain. They were able to make and bring those empathetic offers to, to market really quickly. So another sort of another direction so you've emceed for years really pega world and you've always been a very super engaging mc you know you're very focused funny you've got all the qualities a great mc has this is a very different kind of thing yeah how are you even thinking of emceeing it how is that what you're thinking on this well i mean you know i i think look i i i I view my my job as the MC at these events as doing three things, right? Number one is keep it moving, right? People are not at the event to listen to the MC. They're at the event to hear from the clients. They're at the event to hear from the speakers. So my job is to get you to the next thing as quickly as possible. My second job is to help connect a thread for the audience. Hey, this person spoke about that. And you're gonna hear that echoed when this client speaker comes up and tells their story. Right, because at the end of the day, I want the audience to see that thread. I want them to be able to see like, hey, Alan talked about a business architecture. And then we've got, uh, we're gonna have Anna Gleiss from Siemens talking a Pega world. And she's gonna talk about how by using that business architecture, they were able to operate at 10 times the speed and one tenth the cost. And here's that connection, right? So that's my job is to help draw those threads. And then the third job from an MC is to keep it fun. Right, you know, I, I think at the I think at the end of the day, um, that you know, you, we want to inject moments of humor, of levity in into these into these events because we we all, we want the, I want them to be enjoyable for people. I think we learn best when we're laughing a little, when you know we're having a little spirit of fun in that. So I think that's sort of the third job. So I think even in a virtual world, my job is the same thing. Um, I'm going to do it staring into a camera as opposed to standing on a stage. And I'm going to have the ability to play with video and maybe even pre-record some things that allow us to do again, more kind of almost cinematic kind of stuff. But the, the goal has to be the same. 
How do I keep it moving? How do I help the audience really see the threads and the themes, how they weave through? And then how do I keep it fun and engaging? Well, I'll tell you, honestly, I've seen a few um, of these events and MCs who are traditionally, let's say, pretty humorous, the, the thing they've done poorly is they thought because my time is less, they've stripped out all the humor. It's gone. And so yeah. it ends up just basically, hi, welcome so-and-so. Hi, now welcome so-and-so. Hi, now welcome so-and-so. And, and it doesn't work. So yeah, yeah, and, and you've got to find that balance, Paul, right? I mean, you 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 have to keep the you certainly, you know, the event can't be uh, hey, now, now, now here's my you know, 10-minute bit, right? Like if you've ever been to a stand-up club, you sometimes get the host of the stand-up show and they end up doing more material than any of the stand-ups in the show. You certainly don't want that to be the case, right? But you want you 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 want to take enough time, one, for the audience to digest what they just heard but also to, to make sure everybody's awake, everybody's with us. All right, now you heard that. Here's how that's gonna to connect to what you hear next. Enjoy. Hey, and if all else fails, you could just pull down that guitar and just yeah, get if, the strumming. So. If, if, all, if, if, all, if all else fails, right, I'll just take that down. I've, I, I like, you know, <laughs> if things go wrong technically, I know a couple of Bob Dylan songs that go on for like 12, 14 minutes. So we'll just <laughs> carry, carry, carry that through. So bring in the dog and let him bark. That's yeah, all. exactly. He can handle it. <laughs> hey, so I think we're getting close to the end, but I would love for you to just, you know, if you had a 30 second, 30 second sales pitch to pitch people to tune in to Pega World Inspire, let's hear it. All right. So the first, the two things that I think you should know about. One is the, what you're going to hear, which is right now, you need to be building businesses that can handle immediate needs, immediate responses to the current situation, but still thinking about that deeper pervasive transformation you need to build to, to, to make your businesses stronger. And we're going to focus Pega World on how do you build the business architecture? How do you build the technology, the skills, the best practices in order to do that? And the second thing, as we've been talking about, is we've compressed this event to make it really worth your time and really fit for the digital virtual world that we're working in. So you're gonna be able to get all of this information quickly. You're gonna be able to interact in real time with Pega Thought Leaders. And I think you'll get some great inspiration for uh, taking back to your businesses, both in the near term and also as you think about the longer term transformation you need to do. Works. I'm, I'm in. All right, I'm signed. Awesome. <laughs> And I, I hear something. Oh, oh, should we touch on? Because you know, uh, you you guys just made a, a I think what a, a oh, pretty yeah. significant new hire. Yes, yeah. yes. We 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 brought in a guy uh, by the name of Hayden Stafford. He's going to be our new president of global client engagement. Um, and um, he's actually gonna he's actually gonna make a, a brief cameo at, at World to kind of just introduce himself to to our clients and to our to our partner community. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, look, we're, we're really excited about the fact that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in a position that we're investing in growth. You know, we, we see more need than ever from our client base for our solutions. We feel more, you know, excited than ever about the potential of what our technology can do and the, the power of the underlying technology brought together with our partners and our, and our clients.
So I think we're really excited to bring in a great leader like Hayden to help us continue that journey forward and really help our partners and clients to even better achieve their results, their goals, their outcomes. Oh, he's a rock star, man. You just, you got a major rock star. I, I tell you, and beloved one too. The thing with Hayden is he's always been able to not only meet and exceed whatever objectives he happens to have at any given moment, but he does it without anyone disliking him either. <laughs> no, he, I, I've, I've gotten to, and sort of in the prep for Pega World, I've gotten to, to meet him a couple of times and he just, it, it seems like a genuinely nice guy. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Ohio too. So, you know, I, 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 I like folks who have Ohio in their background. I think we've known him like <laughs> 10, 12 years at least. Uh, he's a, it's a great high. Look, arguably for this year, for 2020, all vendors included, I put him potentially higher of the year, right? The higher of the year, man. He's that good. And he really is that. This guy produces every single year without fail. And sorry, Hayden, to set the bar this high, but, and <laughs> truly beloved. He was, he's, he's, I'll say this. Everyone wished him well, but was sad, really sad to see him go at Microsoft. So um, he, it's, it's a great one and we'll do nothing, but he'll fit right in with your team too. Cause you have such a, you have just such a nice team of people, right? Really skilled, talented, and just good people. And he'll fit right in there. We're just perfect fit for you. Yeah. But we're, we're, I'm we're, we're, we're all the very cameo excited. appearance. Yeah. Yeah. At the cameo appearance, will he actually be like playing an instrument walking through somewhere? <laughs> I think we're we're, we're going to just sort of have a we're going to have a conversation because I think it's really important. This is this is our big client event of the year, um, and I think it's a great opportunity for our clients to to meet the you know the the, the leadership on our team who's now who's now going to be driving those relationships with them and our partners. So um, I wanted to make sure we gave Hayden a chance to introduce himself and uh, to to the client base. Perfect, perfect. All right. So since since you're the MC, what's the best way to wrap up? Uh, a conference or a live stream? Well, the best way to wrap up a conference is with a rock show. So um, so and you talk, talk about another sort of build for change moment. As we were putting this together, one of the things that we said was we we had booked for uh, for Pega World, we had booked a, the band called Dropkick Murphys, right? So if you guys know, um, you know, they're a Boston-based band, but if you've seen the Martin Scorsese movie, The Departed, they're the like, that's the Dropkick Murphys. Okay. And we'd book them and another big Boston band to play uh, Pega World, kind of a Pegapalooza. Um, but we decided that afterwards, like, well, we've already got these guys. Why don't we see if they'll do a virtual concert for, for the virtual Pega World? And when we brought that idea to them, they responded back saying, hey, you know, we always do a St. Patrick's Day run of shows. It's their big event. And um, we would love to do that virtually. Can you help us out? So we sponsored that. We, we gave some money that allowed them to keep their crew paid. Because you know, for them, their crew has been in, you know, they're not touring. So it's, it's hard for their crew. And they ran this virtual St. Patrick's Day concert that was really the first big live stream event. It got like 11 million views online. Oh, um, so, so they've recorded a special, um, you know, virtual ending of Peg World for us. But the, the super exciting stuff is that was so, um, successful that they partnered with the Boston Red Sox and they are on May 29th going to do a live stream from Fenway. 
So they're doing a live rock show from on the field of an empty Fenway Park. They're going to be uh, joined for a couple tunes by this guy, Bruce Springsteen, um, who uh, you know I think people have heard of, uh, who they've played with in the past. And, and Pega is, is really excited to sponsor that event as well. So we're going we're gonna to wrap Pega World up with a bang with, with some music from the Dropkick Murphys. But if you want a little preview of that, you know, check out their their event on May 29th. Um, they've been they've just been a great partner to us. We're going to raise some money for Feeding America and uh, some of the the Boston Foundation work. So I think it's a great a great opportunity to raise some money. Here's some rock music. Um, you know, here's some great music. So it's it, it it'll be fun, and that's what we're going to do at Pega World as well. Are the layer cakes playing? The the layer cakes the layer cakes are not playing Pega World the 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 layer we've we've recorded since this started we've recorded for internal purposes some virtual virtual stuff um, but the the layer cakes for folks who are you know listening are the the sort of internal Pega band that our CMO put together um, that we've had we've had a lot of fun with doing I think every every corporation of a certain size ultimately ends up with a band and and, and the layer cake for ours. There's one. There was one of those bands was legendary. So you're up against it's the yeah. raving Daves of PeopleSoft. Oh yes, yes. That was the legendary one. They used to win actual band competitions, not just playing tournaments. So, you know, you're up against some serious, well, serious history. Yes. Well, I was actually hoping, you know, Bruce. Bruce is good. I mean, when he said that, that Bruce is going to be joining, I was actually hoping that he's going to say, and I'm going to be joining. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be joining. You know, I did. This is this is rubble. I got. I, I kept this guitar. I keep this guitar in open in an open tuning, right? Because it. So this is my that's my little kind of you know strum around hobby when I'm when, I, when I'm sitting here. So I'll give you guys a little taste. The Dropkick Murphys are going to do that far better than I did. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. You hey, that was awesome. That's that, right. That was really good. I and I want to try a CRM players first. All I right. want to be taken out musically by Don Sherman. Oh, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do a fade out. All right. We're gonna do a fade out. Medellin soap ballroom queen in Memphis. She had to take me upstairs for a ride. Oh, she had to throw me right across her shoulders. Cause I just can't seem to drink you off my mind. Oh, it's some honky-tonk women. Gimme, gimme, gimme them honky-tonk blues. And on that note, I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. I'm Don Sherman. We just have to leave. You are. That's right. And I guess we will see you all at the Pega World online. See you soon. Guys.